Hello, everyone. I'm Matthew Friedman, Matt F. The Oracle. Welcome to the Betting Pros Podcast brought to you by BetMGM, where you can get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000 when you use the highly original promo code BETTINGPROS with your first deposit. All right, here with me to talk NFL Week 14 Best Bets is Jessica Gridiron of the Action Network. Jessica, we're yeah, we're like in the home stretch of the season. Next week, we have three games on Saturday. And when we start to get Saturday games, that's officially when my brain sees the end of the season in sight. Like, how has the season gone for you so far? The I know it's it's exciting and sad at the same time. I, I agree with you. Uh, but so far, the season um, has gone pretty well. Um, I've had definitely had some good weeks, and then I've had some so-so, you know, weeks as well. But overall, I'm happy with uh, with the season so far, and it's been fun and exciting um, overall. Yeah, last week, uh, one of the best NFL weeks I've ever had. So I'm just waiting. Like, I know regression is going to strike like the empire. Uh, just, I, I know some some point I'm going to have a really bad week. Uh, just hoping it's not this week. But uh, all right, this morning I published on Betting Pros my projected spreads for every games and per usual established betting positions earlier in the week. Still some games that I like, though. And Jessica has some bets that she likes as well. So we're going to, uh, we're going to cover those. I'm going to start with, the Bills hosting the Jets, minus nine and a half point favorites. And by the way, got to do the plug here. We're giving away a free signed Isaiah McKenzie Buffalo Bills mini helmet from Pristine Auction. If you want a chance to win it, subscribe to the Betting Pros YouTube channel right now and comment below on the video. We will announce a winner in a future episode, so turn on those notifications. All right. Uh, I, I think my my rationale for this bet of Bills nine, uh, minus nine and a half, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, you know, I think they're just significantly better. That's that's uh, that's the thesis there. But, you know, I think anything less than 10 is not enough. When the Jets hosted the Bills in week nine, the Bills were minus 10 and a half. And yeah, they did lose that game. Uh, and the Jets are better with Mike White, at quarterback versus Zach Wilson. But the Bills are now at home at Highmark Stadium. I think they have a significant home field advantage and they're only nine and a half point favorites. And that doesn't add up especially when you take into account that the Bills are playing with three extra days of rest and the Jets are on a three of four away streak. So, you know, they they are living on the road at this point. And the difference between these two teams, like it is it is significant. In the Massey Peabody Power Rankings, the Bills are 7.91 points better than an average team on a neutral field. The Jets minus 2.09 points. So there's, you know, like I would just say in general, like a nine or a 10 point difference between these two teams and then you add on home field advantage and the extra rest that the bills have and i think that pushes this pretty cleanly over nine and a half for me and i know that we've seen back-to-back 300 yard passing games out of uh mike white he's unquestionably an upgrade on zach wilson but i think it's too early for us to assume that he's actually like a quote-unquote good quarterback like he probably isn't Just last year in week nine, he had an abysmal game against the Bills, had a 54.6% completion rate, 1.6 adjusted yards per attempt. Like that is like sub Blake Bortles, like Bortles, that's like Nathan Peterman-esque. Four interceptions he threw in that game. He's almost certainly better than the typical third string quarterback, but like that's what he is. He's a third string quarterback. Like he's yet to prove himself to be a starter caliber player. So I think anything less than 10 offers value on the bills. I don't know if you have any opinion on this game. Do you, do you have a position or, or any thoughts? 
Yeah. Well, as you know, as you can tell, I'm a Dolphins fan, you know, if you look okay. behind me. <laughs> so uh, overall, I dislike both of these teams um, a ton. Yeah. So I'll just put that out there. Um, but I always tend to lean towards the dogs. Um, and I agree with you. You know, the Bills are one of the top three teams in the league, but I can't take favorites in a divisional game. Uh, I also, yeah. the, you know, the Jets defense, it's significantly improved this year. And I think they can get a couple stops on defense. Uh, and an offense, as you mentioned, Mike White is almost one of the games outright last week. Uh, you know, he won the game outright last week against the Vikings. So if he can limit his turnovers and improve his third down uh, uh, conversion rate, he could be a serviceable uh, quarterback, in my opinion. Um, yeah. They almost won the game. <laughs> yeah. So you are, you are skeptical of, of my position here. Yes. Yeah, that that's where I it feels dirty. Like I hate it, it's so weird because like it feels dirty. Like the the wannabe sharp in my brain feels dirty taking a big favorite, and then the like definite square in my brain feels dirty when I take a a big underdog. So there's always this battle that I have within myself ab about what to do when I'm I'm betting here. But uh, yeah, I mean I have this projected at uh, let me see where do I have this projected? I have this projected at eleven point two five. So I am well on the other side of ten here. But maybe I'm wrong. You mentioned that you are a Dolphins fan, uh, but you are going against your Dolphins this week. You like the Chargers hosting the Dolphins. Uh, and right now this number is, you know, kind of vacillating between three, three and a half in the market. Uh, wh what do you see in this game that is putting you on the Chargers? Yeah, so I like the Chargers um, at plus three and a half because everyone is going to expect a major bounce back from the Dolphins this week. But I'm expecting a two-week road hiatus to affect the Dolphins' ability to get into a routine. That being said, uh, you're going to give me a three and a half line where I'll gladly take the home dogs to stay within a field goal. And, you know, everyone knows about Miami's offense, so nothing needs to be said about that. But it's their defense. It's mm -hmm. middle of the road, and Justin Herbert should be able to pick apart the middle of the field. Uh, similarly, how rookie Niners quarterback uh, Brock Purdy did last week. You have a quarterback in Herbert who has more experience and, of course, a bigger arm uh, to make the Dolphins' defense pay. Uh, one big factor that is overlooked on this Miami team is a special teams unit where they are the worst in the NFL. You have um, <clears throat> the eighth worst kickoff return success, 10th worst punt return success in the NFL. And then you add in the fact that kicker Jason Sanders comes in as the seventh worst in the league uh, as field goals and extra points. I mean, I think the Dolphins will be leaving points on the board and they'll lose the field position battle all game, which will keep the Chargers closer than people expect. Uh, also the dolphins have the sixth worst net average in the league per punt at 39.8. So I really wouldn't rely much on this on special teams in a normal scenario, uh, while handicapping, but with a dolphins team that will be out of their normal routine, I'm expecting this, uh, to come into play. Yeah, it's interesting. The, okay. So I will say if I had to bet on this game, I would be on the Chargers. And my my numbers do show value on the Chargers. Uh, one thing that gives me a little bit of pause, uh, so I guess two things. One is that Miami, they are cross-country, you know, traveling east to west, but they did stay out on the west coast because they, they played the 49ers. And so I think the normal road disadvantage that we would expect to see from a traveling team, maybe we don't see that quite as much with the Dolphins. But the, the bigger thing is the injury situation for the Chargers with right tackle Trey Pipkins, center Corey Lindsley, and wide receiver Mike Williams. If I knew 
those three guys were going to play. Well, of course, if, if the market knew those three guys were playing, this number wouldn't be three and a half, right? But like, those are really important positions for, for the team. You know, like Mike Williams as the, the bigger body downfield option in that offense. Lindsley as, you know, the, the anchor within that offensive line. I think he's one of the better centers in the league and really important to what they're doing on offense. Uh, and then right tackle Trey Pipkins, who it's not so much that he's great, but he's way better than Storm Norton. Uh, and so it's just you kind of put it all together. And if those three guys are there, I really do like the Chargers. And I would be interested in them on the money line, uh, like because my number is showing value. This number is three. I have it projected at 1.25. Uh, and that's like kind of assuming that those three guys are likelier than not to be out. Um, but I just gotta say, I sort of know there's like snowballing catastrophe potential if those three guys are out. So I I'm with you in that, like, this is the side I would bet, but I just, I haven't been able to do it yet. I just kind of want to see a little more on the injury reports as to some sort of sense about whether those guys might be in or out. Do, do you have any thoughts on the injury situation for the Chargers? Yeah. I mean, I was also just going to mention too, like, I agree with you, um, you know, with the Dolphins staying in California, uh, but we are fond of the, of routines and they won't have their usual routine. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think I, oh, I'm sorry. I do think that uh, Herbert will be running for his life, but I still feel like he's going to find some open looks. Um, I have a minus a 1.7 for the fins uh, mm-hmm. also. So yeah. uh, according to my projections. Yeah. So we're, we're pretty close. We're pretty close there. Yeah, and I and I also think um, having offensive uh, line uh, worries for the Chargers is legitimate, but uh, we'll have to make uh, plays like we uh, like we've seen him do. Yeah. All right. So a a game that you and I are both on, and this this one is really disgusting and is like testing my my fortitude and and willingness to to bet on games and also just to watch an NFL game. But the Broncos hosting the Chiefs. This number is nine and a half. And by the way, you know, nine and a half across the market, but nine and a half at bet MGM where reminder, you can use the risk-free bet uh, of a thousand dollars when you use a highly original promo code betting pros with your first deposit. Okay. Uh, the, the Broncos at nine and a half, this, this really is uh, a, an interesting situation because, you know, Russell Wilson has been horrible. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I can't, I can't describe the, um, the difference, like the delta between what we would have expected when the year started and all the enthusiasm. And if you look at any of the the look-ahead markets for the offseason and where these lines were projected months in advance, I mean, they or they are so off, it's just incredible. Uh, but you know, I have to I still look at this game and I think like where is the on-field edge for the Chiefs? Like betting on the Broncos is disgusting. There's no denying it, but like I'm backing a big divisional dog at home uh, where the elevation provides a true edge for the Broncos. And I like that general scenario. And, you know, as cringy as Russell Wilson has been this season on and off the field with those ridiculous commercials, he's still four and two against the spread as an underdog, uh, historically very good against the spread for his career as an underdog. And the chiefs, I just don't see them having an on-field edge. Like, Really, obviously, they're the better team, but I'm probably higher on the Chiefs than most people are, and I still have them as the number one team in my power ratings. Uh, I tend to be too high on them each week, uh, but I still see value on the Broncos here, and and like that's saying something. So on offense, the Chiefs, right, 
great team. Number one in dropback EPA, number two in dropback success rate, number two in pass DVOA. The thing is, they're going against one of the best uh, secondaries in the league, right? The Broncos, number three in dropback EPA, number one in dropback success rate. Like, this is not like an easy passing matchup for the the uh, the offense for the Chiefs. And the Chiefs aren't really all that good running the ball. The Broncos, you know, about average in run defense, actually number 11 in rush success rate. Uh, you know, So, like, it's not as if the offense for the Chiefs, which drives the team, has a really great matchup in front of them. And then the Broncos' defense, yeah, it's not likely to shut down the Chiefs' offense, but, it, like, slow down Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, with a, a spread of 9.5 and, and a total of just 44 points, slowing down Mahomes might be enough to get the cover. And the Broncos offense, obviously massive disadvantage relative to the offense of the Chiefs, but not a massive disadvantage relative to the Chiefs defense. Uh, drop back EPA of 24 for the offense for the Broncos, uh, 25 for the Chiefs defense. Like these two teams are kind of even in terms of like the offensive versus defensive matchups that we see. Uh, so I think the Broncos, they're going to be challenged in the running game, but they're not good there. But what does that matter? Like <laughs> the running game doesn't matter when you're a double digit dog, you're going to be throwing the ball anyway. And the chiefs have a below average pass defense. So I doubt that the Broncos win, but the chiefs throughout the years have displayed a propensity for winning outright, but not covering the large spreads. And I think we see that happen here. So I think anything more than seven is too much for the Broncos at home. And I'll just close out this diatribe here. Uh, Russell Wilson career stats might not matter because like there's, there's a case to be made real case to be made. He is no longer Russell Wilson, but Russell Wilson, 5-0 against the spread as an underdog of more than seven points for his career. Patrick Mahomes, 11-16-1 against the spread as a favorite of more than seven points. So it's it's one of those, like, I'm not going to be watching this game at all. Uh, I'm not going to be looking at it on my phone, tracking it, because looking at it will probably uh, give me a heart attack. But I'm going to be betting it. And then just at the end of Sunday, I'm going to be looking to see what happened here. Uh do you have opinions? I we're on the same side of this. We're I I mean tell tell me why it is that you are sicko enough to be betting on this game. No, I agree with you. Um, probably the only time I'll be watching this game is if it pops up on the you know red zone. But yeah. uh, uh, here we are with the divisional dog again. Uh, divisional dog again. Um, but I'll keep this short and sweet because you really went into a lot of detail already. Uh, you know, but like you said, it's a divisional game. Um, it's strength versus strength here. Uh, you highlighted extremely on you know how well the Chiefs' offense is and how it's arguably one of the best in the leagues right now. And, but they are going against one of the best defenses in the league. Um, and just like um, we were talking about, it's a divisional matchup. So I expect this game to be stay within a touchdown considering just how well these two teams know each other. Um, and that really might just be the biggest factor at the end of the day. And like you said, you know, maybe there is a day Russ, maybe Russ took some cooking classes and he's ready to cook this, you know, this weekend. And we'll see. I mean, uh, Broncos, let's ride, baby. <laughs> no, that, that guy is eating raw food. He's not cooking anything. Um, I, I have this projected at Broncos plus 7.25. Where, where do you have it? Ooh, um, you know, I have it actually at eight. So we're kind of right there. Okay. Yeah. All right. So a game that you are, uh, another divisional game that you're looking at here, uh, divisional dog that you like the Browns and, and this, uh, this opened at four and a half. 
I think in the look ahead market last week, it was three and a half opened on Sunday night at four and a half was bet up all the way to six and then now has moved back to five and a half. So there has been some money coming in on the Browns recently, the Browns on the road at the Bengals. You like the Browns here, divisional dog at five and a half. Talk to me about what you like with this team. Yeah, you know, sell the Bengals by the Browns. Uh, reason behind that is this is game number two of Deshaun Watson in the offense, and I expect significant improvement from uh, last week's game. This is, like you mentioned, it's a divisional matchup uh, with two heated rivals. And with De- Deshaun Watson suspended, this Browns offense has still managed to be top 10 in DVOA and EPA, actually. And um, we know uh, by now that they love to run the ball. Um, it's one of the highest uh, it's one of the highest rates in the league right now. And do you know what the Bengals defense is bad at? <laughs> Stopping the run. Yeah. <laughs> they are actually ranked 26 in defensive rush EPA. Uh, and while Deshaun is still getting um, acclimated to this offense, I expect the Brown, uh, the Browns to employ a heavy dose of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And then look at them defensively. You have the Browns numbers are not that great this season. Uh, And I expect these numbers to change over time as the offense continues to improve. Uh, Give them more rest uh, in between drives. So like I mentioned, I'm selling on the Bengals at what I consider to be the high point season for them. And because they are coming off of a four game win streak, they went from a 500 record to now a top three team in the AFC. Whereas the Browns, they're rolling into this game with a five and seven record and would love nothing more than to just unseat their rivals. Mm-hmm. So I expect this game overall to be high scoring as my projections actually have this uh, being 27-24 uh, Bengals victory. Okay, so uh, really you have this as a, a three-point game. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm I'm closer to the number that we have here. I have it at, at five, but... It's like there's just so much unknown with Deshaun Watson acclimating to the offense, and there's no way he is as bad as he was last week. That was like easy sort of like, okay, he's going to have some rust type of situation. Mm-hmm. I would expect him to be significantly better here. So I, I, I know that there's a lot of volatility, a lot of uncertainty built into the projection that I have here. So yeah, I mean, I think if uh, if I were betting this for Cleveland, I might just take the money line, you know, because it's if we see like the the really good version of Deshaun Watson, Cleveland Cleveland could win, you know, like that's well within the range of outcomes here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, at the end of the day, who would you rather have, um, well known Brissett or a rusty Deshaun? I mean, that's how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I mean, I like the money line look too, but for me, uh, whoever wins this game, I, I really, I really see it, but just winning by three. Mm-hmm. All right. So one game here, final game here for us to talk about, and we are on opposite sides of this game. And I gotta say, you're probably right. Like I will just, I will, uh, I will own my L here. Uh, Seahawks three and a half is the current number in the market. They are hosting the Panthers. It, I feel embarrassed to say this. I bet this in the look ahead market 
at six and a half because I thought there was a much better chance that this number would get to seven than would get to three. And evidently, <laughs> I was I was very wrong. Uh, I mean, very very wrong there. By the way, I logged it in the Betting Pros app. Here here comes the plug: the Betting Pros app, where you can sync up with sports books, get free betting advice and picks, and track different experts and your own bets. And you can set alerts. So we monitor all the major sports books. When one of them moves a line that hits a threshold you've set, you get an alert that tells you where to make the bet at the book that offers the most value. Download the app today in the Apple or Google Play Store. Okay, so I, you know, I was the moron who bet Seahawks at uh, minus six and a half, and it has massively moved against me and is now three and a half in the market. But I, you know, I like Seattle here. This is just, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be the donkey. But uh, Geno Smith, nine and six against the spread uh, at home with the Seahawks. Um, you know, I, and Pete Carroll, 57, 41 and three against the spread at home with the Seahawks. I'll just say, like, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like this market, like when the market speaks, I've learned that I need to pay attention to it, but I'm literally betting that the market is wrong in this spot. Seahawks at home have, if not the best home field advantage in the league, I'd say top three pretty cleanly, maybe top five if you want to be conservative with it. The Panthers are coming off of the bye, which helps to kind of counterbalance the fact that they're on the road. But I'm skeptical that the bye actually means all that much against the spread to a non-playoff contender this late in the season. Uh, and when you factor in home field advantage for the Seahawks, rest advantage for the Panthers, this line is saying that the Seahawks are about one to two points better than the Panthers. And I just, I just think that's wrong. Like without adjusting for short-term injuries, I have the Seahawks power rated as five points better than the Panthers. And maybe I'm being optimistically aggressive with the Seahawks, pessimistically dismissive of the Panthers who are on their third quarterback. Uh, and, and that third quarterback is Sam Darnold. And this is like a great sort of like crossroads meeting of like Sam Darnold and, and Geno Smith as like two guys discarded by the Jets. And like one of them has actually like kind of like become the guy that the Jets would have hoped he could be. And one of them totally hasn't. Uh, and, you know, Darnold as the guy who's uh, who's coming into this just his second start on the season. Like, I think he's still going to be getting used to that offense. Um, but, you know, the Massey Peabody power rankings, they have the Seahawks as 4.56 points better than the Panthers. So I feel like my line of five isn't all that out of step with another set of power rankings uh, I, I really have respect for. So I just I don't believe that I'm out of line with reality. I think the market is out of line. But you're you're in line with the line that we see here. You like the Panthers at plus four, plus three and a half. What do you see in the Panthers? Yeah, I mean, I'll just start off by saying you make a good argument. Um, I'll give you that. Um, and, you know, if this was Seattle minus three or less, I could totally buy into the Hawks. Um, but at minus three and a half and higher, I'd have to lean opposite uh, of them in this game. Uh, I mean, who really wants to bet on the Panthers, really? I mean, they've looked horrible all season long. But like you said, the market is speaking volumes, in my opinion. And, you know, this is why I'm, again, leaning Carolina at plus four. Uh, like you had mentioned, they are coming off a bye. So they've had two weeks to prepare. And the this season, NFL teams following the bye week are actually 15 and nine straight up. Uh, mm, so it's yeah. not a long shot that the Panthers could win this game outright. I mean, I'll take the points. And travel is not an issue in this game. Again, well-rested from their bye. 
And they are going up against one of the top defenses in the league. I mean, sorry, they went up against one of the top defenses in the league, uh, the Denver Broncos. And Sam Darnold was actually pretty efficient. Um, he didn't turn the ball over. And he they ran the ball a ton. And Panthers are a better team offensively when they run the ball a lot. And I expect them to do the same to keep the ball out of Geno Smith's hands. So that's why I'm going to take the points on this one, and I'll take Carolina. The the one thing, and your your point to uh, to the running game for the Panthers is well taken. And Dante Foreman has been really good, I think, as the you know kind of mid season replacement for Christian McCaffrey after the trade. Uh, the injury report situation with him, like I think he's probably going to play. He didn't practice yesterday. He did practice today on a limited basis, so he's probably going to play. But he is dealing with a foot injury, and so if he if he's not quite his full self, like I I start to have a little less faith in the offense uh, for the Panthers. But do you have any thoughts on on his injury situation? Yeah, I mean, I think you pretty much highlighted everything that you know. Uh, it's unfortunate that he was limited with practice, but I still, at the end of the day, I think he's going to play. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, he, he probably does. All right. So we're, we're on opposite sides there. I mean, I feel like you're, you're, you're on the sharper side here. I just have to imagine given how strongly the market moved uh, against the, the Seahawks here. And, you know, I, I actually kind of want to ask like a, a bigger picture question here. The Seahawks, because I, I think something kind of goes into this line of maybe the the bookmakers, the odds makers think that a certain perspective exists uh, of the Seahawks and then the market moves against them. But how are you viewing the Seahawks here? You know, because now that we've had the Brock Purdy injury in San Francisco, the Seahawks have a chance of of winning this division if they can string together some wins here, like they are, they're within striking distance. Um, but it seems as if the market really doesn't think that the Seahawks are really even an average team. What, what is your overall assessment of the Seahawks? Yeah. You know, I was even you know just looking at just my, my top five um, NFC teams that I like. And, you know, I, I, Seahawks are kind of they're they're up there they're getting up there um I mean Gino looks good just like you've been talking about I mean that's every you know we're all seeing it um how well he's playing this season uh but I just don't know how legitimate um they get deep in the playoffs and even with San Francisco's situation I kind of still like him you know Shanahan doesn't care about his quarterbacks we know this um his system is based on running the ball Yards after the catch and defense. Uh, Purdy uh, should be able to manage this offense. So, as much as that might be a big issue with the Niners, I'm I'm kind of leaning more towards liking the Niners still more than liking uh, the Seahawks at the at this time right now. Yeah, I mean, as, I, as good as yeah. Geno Smith has been playing and showing him, you know, and you know, of showing just how well he's playing actually this season, and he's you know, at the end of the day, I, I'm still with the Niners. Yeah, I mean, Defensive I certainly wins championships. <laughs> I certainly still have uh, the the Niners ahead of uh, of the Seahawks in my in my power ratings. You know, still still the better team. Um, okay, so Jessica, thanks for joining us. Tell the people where to follow you on social and uh, where to find the work that you're doing and, and any pieces, uh, any content that you have coming out. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, you can find me. The biggest way to find me is on Twitter. So, uh, Gridiron and Wine, and there. Uh, that's where you'll be able to see where I post things where action network is the majority of where all my work will be found as well. Uh, but I post a lot of plays on there. Um, you can always message me, uh, through there and, uh, as well as catch any articles or anything like that, that I'll be writing. All right. The, uh, 
the gridiron and wine. Do you also do, do you do like wine content? Are you a, a connoisseur of vino? I'm a connoisseur of all forms of alcohol, but yes, vino is one of my favorite. Um, but uh, yes, I mean, I don't, I don't have like a whole, any type of show or anything like that uh, specifically on wine, but I always talk about wine and um, I spent some time in Napa and okay. I'm always down to drink some wine. <laughs> okay, good. good to know. It's a good handle. It's, it's a great Twitter handle. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, it's better. It's better than Matt F. The Oracle, man. If I could go back in time. Uh, anyway, all right, Jessica. Uh, thanks for joining the show. She is Jessica Gridiron. I'm Matthew Friedman at Matt F. The Oracle. Check out Betting Pros and Fantasy Pros for all of my work: best bets, player props, fantasy favorites, player projections, and rankings, and more. If you like the show, please rate and review on your favorite podcast app. That is going to do it for the Week 14 Best Bets Edition of the Betting Pros Pod. Thanks for tuning in. Good luck, and see you next episode.